0: guys welcome back to another episode of why didn't you tell me um and in this episode we're going to be talking about life as first generation immigrants um but before we start um i just want to introduce the podcast so for anyone who's not had the opportunity to listen go back and listen to the other episodes um but we are a podcast who of people of young black men who talk about our experiences in the things that school should have taught us. So how we knew that all about Pythagoras theorem, but actually absolutely no idea about sex and relationships. And how we knew everything about Henry VIII having eight wives, but I still don't understand my tax code. And without further ado, I'm going to start by introducing myself. My name is Thierry. I'm Felix the Freak. I'm Tanashi. And welcome to Why Did You Tell Me? So guys, first generation immigrants. Don't know, my favorite topic, you know. Is it? I've been
1: waiting for this one for the longest <laughs> time. Cause I think it's like, it's so nice to, to, to broach a topic where it's really something which hits home. Yeah. And I think usually in society, is that when we broach the topic of being first generation, it is always about 50, 60 years ago, it's not about us right now. Mm-hmm. And especially us being from East Southern Africa, is that our stories are not really usually told. They're always told in the guise of Robert Mugabe, (laughs) the genocide, poverty in Malawi, all of those things. And this is an opportunity for us to actually tell how our countries are so strong and beautiful, Mm. but we
0: came here because of our parents and their dreams for us to succeed. I mean, that's a great point to start on in the sense of, you know, where are we from? Mm. That's a good one. So I was born in Rwanda, Um, yourself? I was born in Malawi. I was born in Zimbabwe. And how old were you, was everybody when they came over? Because I think I came over when I was about four or five. Five. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was around twelve. I think. Twelve. Yes, yeah. so you had a bit a big more man. of an up. you Yeah, adult. you had yeah. More, a bit more of an upbringing. Yeah. Well, I
0: guess then. So from I'm your a proper African.
2: Now I'm <laughs> just. <kidding.
0: laughs> that said we're pseudo african <laughs> <laughs> I'm proper. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? Though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Richard African>. <laughs> <laughs> so then, from that perspective, then it's probably a good a good way to start with yourself. So when you came over, obviously you had a cognitive like
2: yeah. you know
0: awareness of where you have just come from and yeah. where you're going. How was that transition? Twelve? What's that? Second primary school? Secondary school? Uh, secondary, secondary school. school.
2: Yeah. It was, it was mad, it was yeah. a mad experience. What, what I used to tell around people around you? I was American. Because really? <laughs> everyone's like, oh, fresh off the boat, fresh off the boat, and like, mad. I didn't really want to face that, to be honest. Yeah. I was not brave. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because like, cause when you're young, like when you live in Africa, you, you mainly listen to like American music. Yeah. So like your idols are like your, you know, I say idols, very loosely, yeah. <laughs> like, like Nelly's, 50 Cent, yeah. yeah, do you know
1: what I mean? So you can slightly yeah. fake the
2: accent. Exactly, so you really? kind of relate to that. But yeah, it was mad, man, it was, it was mad. Things like food, like just yeah, mm. how the food tasted, like it was different, man. Yeah. The chicken tasted different, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So many things, like it's just, I remember once, I was like, I think I was in Morrison's, mm-hmm. and obviously I, I come straight to Leeds, mm. um, and there was a woman saying something on the Tanoi, and I couldn't understand anything she was saying. Really? That Yorkshire accent was not oh, working with me. Yeah, do you know what I mean. I feel like the, I was like, Dad, what language is that? It's like, not English. it's English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, do
0: you know what I mean? Oh my God! How was like? How was school then? Because obviously you would have literally come from like yeah. one, one educational system completely yeah. to another.
2: School was interesting, like. Because I I've been in boarding school in in yeah. in Zimbabwe I'd, I'd, I had quite like a higher level of education yeah so when I went into school um I think I moved sets like yeah. do you know what I mean it was easy for me to be honest like because mm. a lot of the stuff that they were actually learning I'd probably already done yeah so it was it was a lot easier to kind of acclimatise but it was mad one of the maddest stories is like, I I was I was going into my science class yeah and. Um, and you know, the teacher introduces me, this is a new kid from Zim, yeah. Tanashi. And then, the maddest thing, right? A guy that I went to school with in Zim was in the same classroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. What are the chances? What are the chances in Leeds? And That's obviously, amazing. I just went and sat next to him and yeah. he was just like, yeah, I remember you from, from that. Yeah, you go to school. That must be comforting like, though, you got that, each other. So that was a lot easier for me, because he, he was obviously one of the cool kids, I'd say. You know, had you know, yeah. had friends, so like it was easy for me to kind of get into those circles yeah. Yeah. rather than you know, start starting fresh. Start fresh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it, yeah. So it was a lot easier because I feel like there's a connotation as well. Like, when
0: people think about you know, immigrants and us coming over from another country, our educational system is usually downplayed. Like, <laughs> as like, a, a lot of our parents and families can attest to, you know, when you yeah. come over, your degrees you lose are basically modified, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents were like doctors and people of high esteem and governments and things like that. and So then you come over and then it's like, mm, big man, no, yeah, and you're like, I've spent my You know, life's work doing this. And so when I went to school, I think, for me, my school experience was, you know, oh, you're African, cool. We'll assume you know nothing until you can prove us otherwise. Instead of saying, you know, what can this child achieve? Or, you know, let's give them the best part. They put me in the bottom set, straight away. Or just a test to 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 ascertain what you know, right? Yeah. you know I I I moved a couple of schools, because obviously as my dad uh, and our family kind of, Started climbing that kind of social economic ladder to where we are now. Um, we, we'd move to find different job opportunities. So I lived, you know, three different places: in London, Nottingham, um, Stockton on Tees, Middle, like, and then down to Bradford, and then and Leeds again, and then now I kind of work in Sheffield. And so I've li- I've literally done a tour it of been the UK. About, for, <laughs> and, yeah, by the time I'm literally by the time I finish, yeah. if I if I do do another qualification, I would have done ten institutions, nine ten institutions well, now, wow. at the time I'm done. So yeah. schooling for me was. I was immediately put at the bottom until proven otherwise. Yeah. And so then scaling that, did it. like in maths, literally, it put me to the bottom and then within the next month they'd realise, all right, here's a set one. Yeah. How would you find moving around? That must have been... Yeah. So yeah. it was difficult because, yeah. um, I mean, my parents, <laughs> my parents were just incredible. They were just, you know, the very well-educated people and so they understand how to fit in, how to acclimatise, how to do whatever else. And so they taught me those skills, like people skills, Really come from my parents and my family. And so, you know, um, what what I was gutted, because my dad can attest to as well like, I'm very much a people person. I make friends quite quickly. And so then when that would, I'd be removed from that situation to start again. Like, I used to cry my eyes out and I remember, I remember one time we were leaving, I think it was called St. Teresa's School and we are going, I think from Nottingham, we've, we, we bought a house up in Stockton. And so then I was, my, mate, my mum gave me a little notebook and I remember I was crying and trying to get people to write down their phone numbers and wow. names so I could contact them <laughs> so left and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, at the time, you know, as a kid you think this is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. But like now looking back as an adult, you could drop me in any country, in any language, yeah with any people and I will survive and thrive yeah. because those skills of you know being jumping around
2: yeah.
0: as we say as first generation immigrants we were picked up and yeah. yeah. Into certain situations yeah. so what was the,
2: What was the motivation to move around then? Was it your parents are hustling to try and get different opportunities Yeah, like that? yeah. So, so that's
0: a reality right? As a yeah. Fair, yeah
2: Yeah as a first generation yeah. immigrant it's
0: survival because yeah. you know when we came here um, you come here with pretty much nothing but the clothes on your back yeah. uh, most of the time and so you know no one knows you from anywhere You're they've stripped you of your your qualifications and stuff so then you have to climb society again and this is where as well like seeing your parents go through it I think is probably the driver as to why we are you know such driven people because mm. we've seen our parents have lived two lifetimes when you yeah. think about it yeah. you know they've lived they've grown up as adults and become successful in their in their mother, motherland and then come to this country and be nobody and climb that ladder again yeah. yeah so they've lived twice so then that's why sometimes I do understand when they say you know if I was given that opportunity, you know, I would do whatever because they've done it
2: twice. Yeah. like
0: it's nuts when you
2: think it's about it. It's like almost the standard, isn't it? It's like that expectation where. You cannot, you you of go, you of fail because I've done this twice. Right. Yeah. It's a lot so of pressure. So you better though. do it right. I mean, that's yeah. another that's another thing. For yeah, us. the
0: pressure.
1: And I think oh. that the pressure is really hard, and just to kind of bring myself into it is that when I first came to the country, Malawi, being a country which speaks its mother tongue as well as English, mm-hmm. is that even though I had the, the the knowledge of English and was able to use it when I came here. I just felt so alien to the culture. Yeah. So I regressed in my personality and it took a couple of years until I was solidified into the system and everything yeah. else to really show myself. And I think what really occurs is like yourself, I lied about who my, my identity was. <laughs> Where were you from then? Man? <laughs> man, listen, yeah, man's from Kingston, you make oh, a <laughs> uh, you know. Um... <laughs> Uh, Uncle Daly used to live down the road uh, in, in Jamaica. I came up with a whole story, but it wow. was the
0: the point... It to, wasn't cool to be African, it? wasn't was cool it? to yeah. be yeah. African. Back then, yeah. no, I remember, I used to pretend yeah. as well, like pretend to be American. Do you remember when Nelly had the... You yeah. Know the, the, yeah. Oh. I remember I grazed my own
2: cheek.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I was committed to the cause to put oh a blaster on it. So I could come and just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, man's it's, American, yep. Thierry, how are you going to get... Yeah. Mm. stabbed where, from Stockton on yeah. T? Who the hell <laughs> stabbing you there? And it's literally, you, you had to
1: acclimatise. Even, even
2: clothes. Like, I don't know about you guys. I used to wear like baggy. Baggy clothes. Yeah, because you know like do rags. I wore a do-rag. <laughs> gold <laughs> <right>. chain. Okay. <laughs> okay. Snap back with the gold sign with the dollar sign. I saw oh my days, I man. First, when first I used... generation immigrant, yeah?
1: <laughs> you still remember your first outfit, which you know your parents put money into. Yeah. Mine was a Sean John yeah. a camel suit. And then my auntie got me G-Unit trainers. Oh G-Unit. my goodness. That was spenny <laughs> back then. That was yes, I,
2: For a whole year, I just used to wear the outfit to everything which was important. Oh, Didn't mate, care. When I, when I flew over here, I was wearing, a, I think, an Allen Iverson <laughs> basketball jersey. <laughs> And you know in basketball they have them uh, tracky bottoms like yeah that just rip yeah. off. You know I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> like magic might, I flew you know? from I flew from <laughs> Zim, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're in that. I remember someone I think oh someone in the goodness. plane was like. Are these like sports stars or something? Yeah. No, they with some like You're young like, NBA like, kid like, <laughs> or something like. Your man's American, though. you <laughs> know. You're just a like, stop a off in yeah. and
0: that but, like, On a world tour. <laughs> my I think my first outfit where I was like, you know, this is peas, and I was like, what the hell? Is um, we'd gone to America. Um, my cousins had sent over an outfit in America. I think it was for my birthday, and it was Rockaway. Yes. <laughs> Everyone remembers yeah. aware and it had the basketball shorts, but they were long in the basketball American mm, basketball yeah. shorts, so, like they on oh, the way to the trousers. especially with how short I am. <laughs> and there the were white, blue, and yellow shorts. And then the jacket as well had rockaway in like fur print on the back. Yeah. And it had the jacket. I wore that out Rinsed. to death. Rinsed Rinsed. In. That white was not white by the time I was on. I had like a, a rag on and a snapback. and and but I mean, back in the day, do you know, a like G-Unit was... It
2: the, was the one It one. was the one, in it. it The necklaces and all yeah. of that. The spinning necklaces. spinning belts. The spinning, yeah. spinning, oh. spinning belts. Spin, <laughs> just, just flying out, oh flying out, flying The health
1: and safety certificate yeah. so for your
2: belt. <laughs> yeah, It was mad. But it's but, not yeah. just that as well. For me, like the slang, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? UK signs obviously like very unique. Yeah. I, I mean, mean London compare yeah. London to Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? How do, how so do you just trying to understand the slang and the language is difficult, like, do you know what I mean? But like I said, luckily I had someone that like be like, yo, so this is this is what this means. Yeah. This yeah. is what this. Sometimes I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Do
1: like, you I Do you two still speak your mother tongue. I'm learning, relearning it, because yeah. I can understand it. Yeah. But w- I I always hate to say it like this, but it's the truth. When I speak it, I sound like a white person. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm yeah. trying to get back to that point of like, yo, dad, just teach me from scratch yeah. again. So because accent, yeah. It's it, for me, it's really important now. And, and I think so many times we we've, we've We've talked about identity. Yeah. And when you grow up in this country, is that your Africanness slightly gets stripped away from you yeah. to
2: acclimatise to this nature. Yeah. And But do you not know, think that's just a design of the fact that you probably lived, well, for me, half of your lives in two different... Yeah, yeah two but different, you say that. Yeah, yeah.
0: You say that, but then, like, at home, We've, we'd
2: never spoke English at home,
0: mm. because my parents were like, you know, I need you to speak your mother tongue, so yeah. uh, okay. i still speak it in, in yeah. and fl- when we speak it at home. Yeah. And so I, it, it's slowly moving away from me, but I'm, I'm holding onto it with all the yeah. venom in my body. Fluid me, man. Yeah, just yeah. what I mean? So I'm, I'm trying to keep hold of it because you know, yes, it's as a consequence of you know you've lived there longer. But I lived there till I was about four or five, and I'm still fluent. Right. And that's because we put. Effort that's a into good point. A so you you,
2: you make a conscious
0: effort to, yeah. to learn. So at home we never yeah. we never spoke English. Yeah. we never spoke English, and because yeah. my parents were like, you can speak out there, that's not a problem. Um, and when I came over as a kid, to be honest, I spoke you know I spoke uh, Swahili, um, and I, I spoke like, literally probably even a bit of French, but like. English is such a dominant force of a language and the way our society treats it that it almost kills other languages. What I mean by that is, even when we go abroad on holidays, the amount of times I've heard people go to Spain and say what they want in a Spanish accent in English. Mm. (laughs) And so then they're like, sorry, what was that? And it's like, chicken. And it's like saying it slower and in a Spanish accent or whatever that accent is,
2: doesn't make you speak that language. It's almost like we don't want to speak it. But like, it's mad, isn't it? Because like there, there, there's certain parts of Spain where they won't even try and speak English with you. Yeah. And then, obviously, then you've got to try and you know try and converse in their language. But you yeah, know, for me, I, I still speak the language. Yeah. Um, at home, it was a mixture of both. Like it was like kind of a mixture. You, you say things in Shauna, but then mm, maybe yeah. say something, something in in you know in in English. I think deep down, in terms of articulating myself, sometimes I probably articulate myself better in. In you know, in the mother tongue, do you yeah. know what I mean? But I think, like I was saying, it's a design of, of you know, both our identities, really. Because yeah. to be honest, yeah. we aden- I I identify as both. Yeah. If you think we're talking about you know how you're abroad and you think, oh, I'd love a cup of tea, do you yeah. know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> or even but,
0: yeah. identify, I always yeah. think, what language are you thinking? Yeah. Because I think in English and try to structure yeah. a sentence in Rwandan, yeah, yes, whereas, whereas actually it, does, it doesn't work like that, it doesn't fit like yeah. that. So then that's why we end up sounding like somebody who is not from that country because, yeah. like, Rwandan is very much almost like a, a language of parables. You know, my dad calls me Seb which is like you know, translated in English is just like what person of grass, right? But like, it's more just like you, yeah. like, a, like, almost like a you little yobo, you little young, girl, yeah, and, yeah, and girl. Mm. but it's very much almost like a story of parables where you can't think about that. So then I think in English, trying to speak this language that doesn't have the same structure, and so then I struggle with it. And it's a completely, like, unlearning to then relearn as you're doing I think for me, like, you know, language
1: is such an important part, but I think what is also pertinent is the proximity of other Africans to you. Um, And I say that because until I went to university, I did not have African pride the way I have now. Mm. And it is the... It's sometimes we always say, you know, with with different African cultures that there's certain characteristics. And with, like, Nigerians, we sometimes say, oh, they're arrogant. But their arrogance is because they love their country. Yeah. They know who they are. So, in turn, the when I was at uni, yeah. when I was at uni and I saw this all this Afrobeats wave and all these Nigerian artists, all these international Nigerian students,
0: and they were just proud. Mm. That made me, in turn, go, yo, I want, yeah. to, I want a piece of that. But I think they... they they were very lucky in in a sense of, you know, they had a mass movement of people. So I felt like Nigerians and Ghanaians and, you know, West Africa in general had, um, they moved as a unit in a sense Mm. of when they came over to this country, just like Jamaicans, you know. So you had a a network, right? Yeah, they they, they had that community vibe, yeah. yeah. And God's on it, like, Nigerians, they're extremely proud, passionate people, as well as Ghanaians as well. And, you know, if you've ever been to any party, they're the soul of most parties, Mm. do you know what I mean? And then that, but then they have that unity within each other, whereas you know East African and South African and things like that, we almost moved in dribs and drabs. Yeah. And so then there's a, there a few of us scattered across. There wasn't that community. A lot of land. Yeah. So we didn't yeah. get we didn't get that much. So yeah. when we when it comes to like young Rwandan people. Um, a couple of you know my family friends have got like a you know Rwandan Instagram page that's set up now where they organise events and things like that. Um, but outside of that, there wasn't really that kind of community. I couldn't go to university and go yeah. for a lot of people. They've never met a Rwandan, and mm. so then they're like, "Oh my God, yeah, Thierry, you're the first one yeah, I've met." Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so then it was very much like it was, it was difficult to know who I was without anyone there to reaffirm that that was the case. Who was my age? That isn't my dad going. This is who you are, kind of yeah. thing. Because at the end of the day, it's peer to peer growth yeah. a lot of the time. It doesn't. Your, your parents can hammer it into your head all they want, but I want another person who looks like me, the same age as me, to tell me the same yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: Because I think we kind kind of come from two similar countries in terms of size and in terms of you know uh, country profile in terms of the world. So unfortunately, that people do know Rwanda for the genocide. Mm. With Malawi's poverty as well as um, yeah. you know kind of. Uh, old type Madonna for adopting yeah. a few of our kids, but then, <laughs> but like we like we, them back. we like <laughs> them, we like them. But then, like to kind of throw it on your side is yeah. like with what I've seen as a Malawian who's very close to Zimbabwe and yeah. some of my family members are Zimbabwe, yeah. Is that there is a, a pride, there is a a way of. It's like you lot are the Nigerians of Southern Africa. Fair enough, I'll (laughs) tell you (laughs) that. Why is it, I've always felt like the Zimbabwean community is very strong in the
2: UK, even though it's fragmented. There is is a strong Zimbabwean community. Why why do you think that's the core? Like, why does that happen? I can't really pinpoint it, to be honest. I think it's just, from my own experience, even growing up, it was just the design, you know, uh, when we have Christmas, you know, any parties would obviously have... My dad's friends and their children and stuff yeah. like that. And you just rely on each other. I think, I think it's just a more it's a network of support, really. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Because when you know, when I first moved here, I know my dad, you know, was conscious to think, okay, what other kids around my age are <laughs> from Zimbabwe that he can, you know, introduce me to. Yeah. I mean, eventually you kind of, you know, you grow into your own friendships and relationships <laughs> based on understanding who you are. Yeah. But just having that, I guess, support, you know, in yeah. terms of, okay. It, this is how people dress. Yeah. <laughs> this is people, you know, even the little food. things like that, yeah. Even yeah, yeah. you know, the
0: food, like you were saying earlier yeah. on like with the food, like I'm very conscious now, if my mum is cooking, I'll ask her, you know, what it is, like, how are you making it? Where did you mm, buy it? How yeah. are you doing? All this kind of stuff. And, yeah, and even as we're saying in terms of, like, um, pride for your country, God's honest truth, there is no one more proud to be where they're from than I am. Like, yeah. I love Rwanda with all my heart and, you know, my my parents, gave me the opportunity to go back a couple of years ago. And, you know, I met my granddad who's, I think he's like 97 now. Um, this guy, is he's holding on me. he's yeah. not going anywhere. This guy's in the pub, everything, like he's all over it. Um, and, you know, meeting my granddad and seeing my culture in face to face, in his eyes, I was like, this is incredible, yeah. do you know what I mean? And seeing people who had raised me and were like, look, at you got a beard now, I used to wipe your bum and things like that. And I, when I was younger, it used to be annoying, like, oh, leave me alone. Whereas yeah. now I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, what was I like? And, how did we grow up? Go show me where, you know, where we lived. And Rwanda is a stunning country, like, if you ever see it, it's like, I think it was like voted the, the cleanest country or something yeah, like that in, yeah. in,
2: uh, in Africa. got a booming economy as well, I think. It's
0: right a thing. booming yeah. economy. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely stunning. And it's somewhere that I completely see myself, you know, whether it's starting a business or um, uh, building property or whatever, I'm, I'm 100% putting money back into it, into Rwanda. And it's something that my dad and my mum, as we say, make sure that it is completely grounded in, in the foundation of everything I do. So whether we yeah. speak Rwandan at home yeah. or they, we eat Rwandan So food you keep in touch with that. Yeah. hundred percent Even yeah. even Kate when she's, you know, when she comes around to our house, <laughs> she'll eat the Rwandan food, mate. <laughs> yeah. She'll be eating it. Your sonbe, yeah. everything should be all over it. And and it, it's that exposure to that culture yeah. that we need to maintain yeah. no matter who it is yeah. that we're dating. And or, and, and,
2: or, and I think as well, what's it, it it's that, it's accepting that, you know, we were talking about identity in one of our podcasts. Mm. It's accepting that You're you're both, and it's okay. Do you know what I mean? Because for a long time there was that conflict. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like am I selling out? Am I? You you have to choose. Yeah. Are you British or are you Zimbabwean? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's just mad.
1: And I think um, just to kind of interject as well is that the stereotypes of being a first generation migrant, moving it to our parents, which are you know the catalyst of us being here, is that. The stereotypes of being African and what people, the Western world kind of perceives being African is in terms of being a male and a female is very, very different. So for example, my mum was the one who moved over here first. And it's only the understanding of being British and growing up in here and then actually looking at the, the landscape to go like, yo, all these stereotypes that... You know, African men don't allow their women to to have a a, a voice in society. That they they are—it's completely opposite. My family, in in just for 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 just their family, my mom was the one who came to this country first, had more degrees than my 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 dad, and then said, "Come over here." Mm. Because i paved a way for our yeah. family yeah. to have the holding and the structures to actually, you know, prosper. Yeah. But where in the Western world, they'll be like, no, it's the, it's the father moving over to the UK yeah. and starting off his own life and he might stay for 40 years and just yeah. send money back. No. <laughs> yeah. The new generation and our first generation experience is showing our mothers as the forebearers of our opportunities. That's for me. So when I look at my mom, I don't see her as just a homemaker. I see someone who has been able to transverse and be able to be more mobile than my dad. My dad grew up in a village, um, moved to the capital of Malawi, then now is obviously in the UK. He's he's travelled a little bit around Europe and America. But then when I look at my mom, she has been the mobile person. Mm. So from a... uh, she had a kind of middle-class upbringing in Malawi, then my grandfather died. So that brings the whole mm, yeah. socioeconomic down. Yeah. So now she's working class and has no kind of um, structure around her. Then she goes to university in Kenya. That's different language. already. Yeah. So she has to learn Swahili. Yeah. It's she, different experience. In Malawi, man. we don't speak Swahili, we only speak Checewa. So yeah. from there, she had to learn a different language. From there, she comes back to Malawi, does a few years, then says, you know what? I'm going to the UK to work, yeah. mm. and I'm going to get another degree. My dad, being an African man, mm. says, "Do your thing."
2: Yeah.
1: And then says as well, we'll
2: and yeah. then
1: says as well, again flipping the the stereotype. I'm going to keep my kids mm. so they know who I am, mm. and when they know who I am, that will move all together. He didn't send me to my grandparents. He didn't yeah. send me to any other relative. Yeah. He said I could take on this mantle. Yeah. So once again, breaking a stereotype. Yeah. So then, when we came over here, we came as a unit, which yeah. said, "I'm going to sacrifice this bit yeah. for you, yeah. so yeah. that I can do this." So I'm sacrifice, gonna sacrifice this is,
2: bit. It's, it's a it's a quality that you saw at quite you know quite a yeah. young age. Yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it?
0: Yeah. But yeah. And then and it's good to see as well, like um, that clearly from our parents, we also learned quite a lot of the those. There was clearly a strong relationship dynamics which we kind of touched on in in, in other episodes in the sense of you know they were able to momentarily sacrifice their own wants and needs for yeah. the good of their partner or their family, and then so then they can move. So just strategic yeah. movements for that kind of stuff. Because as we say, like, you know, you end up coming over here for, uh, for our experience and, you, you know, you don't have anything, so then you go, right, so which one of us strategically could do better quickly to stabilize us, and then I'll go to uni, and then you do this, and mm, then you yeah. do that, and things like that. And that, as I say, that's why I moved around quite a lot. It was seeking opportunities and, you know, making sure that each step was upwards and forwards kind of thing. Yeah. Um and so yeah that that movement was a bit mad but yeah from from my perspective my parents have always supported each other like it's never really been you know yeah. not everybody has had the blessing of having a strong unity like that like yeah. something yeah. like that. If if
2: that broke any families I completely understand. understand. Yeah. Wholeheartedly, it's, Imagine, it's difficult, isn't it? It's something complete. I couldn't fathom. It. I couldn't. Do you I, know c- what c- I couldn't. couldn't everything like, yeah, behind that, you know. Yeah. I couldn't. Everyone that you know, everything that you have. Closing your back. See you later. Well, we were talking about the sort of black tax, sort of aspects of it. Yeah. But do you think that's why maybe they've, you know, we're saying they've got that connection because mm-hmm. they've uprooted everything. I mean, what? they tax, only thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. So basically, black tax—the um, way we we kind of been discussing it—is. Being a first-generation immigrant to this country, or even our parents, yeah, is and it's that not they just, have just yeah, this country. It's not this country. Anywhere, it's actually anywhere, not. anywhere overseas. If, if you're yeah, an immigrant, yeah. this is basically your yeah, story. Yeah. You have people back home who have sacrificed a little bit or a big bit to make sure that you come to the place yeah. that where you're at right now. So. In the way the, the mafia pays homage, we have <laughs> to pay homage to the people
0: back oh home. Oh, my day. I've never thought <laughs> of it. Because
1: there's, there's someone out there saying, my guy, <laughs> when you were eating,
2: yeah. Yeah. I fed you. you. Yeah. So now that you're in a place yeah. where the promised land yeah. is the... Well, when this you were hidden. abroad, I looked after your kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So there's that, I guess, gratitude <clears throat> that you know sort of carries on. But, but, yeah. but
0: then this, this black tax thing, though, is it's a double-edged sword because, you know, um, rightfully so, like, you may want to, you know, send money back home and support those people who helped you. Yeah. Even if they didn't help you, support your own brothers and sisters yeah. who maybe didn't have that opportunity to come here. I completely understand. Where I don't agree with it is if it then impedes the family in which you are supporting in that country that you're in. Yeah. So I think sometimes um, some people over... Like they, they overreach what they can give and things like that. So I know people who give like, what was it? They get 10% check gets taken by the church. Yeah. Yeah? Then what? 20% then gets sent over yeah. overseas. So before your family have seen anything, that's 30% boom of your wage your
2: gone. I think, I think what it is, and I'm I'm generalizing here, yeah. but I think the moment you uproot your family to go live into another country, um, whether or not our parents had the intention that this is going to be a long-term yeah. thing or not, it, it is a long-term yeah. thing subconsciously. Do you know what I mean? So I think there was probably a, a, a time, or I remember when I was younger, where they're probably thinking, "Oh, I'm investing to go back" or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. But actually, no, because your children are British. You know, you've, you've assumed a new life and a new identity. Yeah. So, I, like, I, I get what you're saying. So now, really, I suppose there is that aspect, the element of. It's good. It's also good to kind of pay back to people yeah. that supported you, but now Long your life term, is, does it make fun? Exactly, sense? but but now your life isn't you know in this you know in a certain country. So it's about investing into that country. So yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? But when you think about some, some of the money, you know that family spent, you know, kind of just a lot. It's a lot, isn't it? It's is a lot. Like twenty percent. Imagine twenty percent of
0: your wages That's just a, yeah. goes, and then on top of that, put like stuff like you know. Um, social economic standings or the fact that, you know, you're maybe not able to get certain opportunities in this country and then on top of that, you know, uh, you live in London Mm. and then on top of social mobility, then... Like, it's a compounding factor and I think sometimes, um, you know, I don't know whether it's guilt. Sometimes that might drive it. but yeah. you think, I, you know, I have an I'll, opportunity that.
2: I'll be honest, are. man. I think it'll be. We'll probably never understand it. Yeah, I don't. Think I, so. Do you know what I mean? I, I think when I think my own family, I think it's that needs to reconnect. Yeah. Um We we we've obviously, I think I say, the majority. Well, all of us have spent most of our lives here.
0: Yeah.
2: Whereas they probably still haven't. Do you know yeah. What, yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they're that's probably, a good point. Actually, <laughs> most of their lives. Still had yeah, most of their life. Back. Exactly. So i I'll probably their friends. So maybe it's that needs to kind of keep that connection. Yeah. In the worst, it's completely different because, I'll be honest, I don't really have that many friends back in Zim. Yeah. Like I'd say I speak to you know, yeah. my best friends from here, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But it's completely different, you know, with, with maybe my dad or my mum. you know what I mean? And so then moving yeah. forward then, how will,
0: like, we start to now approach the battle of continu- continuing that tradition and that culture as we maintain in this country, I think it's going to be a really difficult thing because, you know, as we say, um, our language is something, our mother tongue is something that we're struggling to keep hold on to yeah. with all our Vim, but then we now have to transcend that into our children who yeah. Yeah. will never have known yeah. their country to begin with, send them all that to, Send them to
2: Zim for a summer, <laughs> It's true, though. Yeah, 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 yeah As many holidays as humanly possible. Yeah. And, you know, instilling that culture and making sure that... Going back regularly, you know, just yeah. so that you keep that, that aspect. I completely agree. And I think, you know, we'll probably go through this in another another podcast, but it's the economics as well of, mm. you know, saving up your money, building yes. property and rather economics, than just man. spending it. Do you, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, do you know what? I think a lot of the things, you know, we can talk about it and try and build philosophies, but I just think... Things which naturally evolve yeah. that our generation will probably pay less black tax yeah. than our parents' generation, and then our kids' generation yeah. even less even black benefit. tax. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But I do think yeah. it, it it goes on to
1: the proximity of it. I think for for myself over the past couple of years, where I've become more indoctrinated in what it means to be a Malawian you know, and what it means to be a kind of head of a family. Yeah. So with my mom, I know I am the firstborn grandchild. Yeah. So the expectation was not there until I put it on myself and realized what my mom's role was before. And it's to kind of to be a um, a curator for the next generation. Yeah. And like being a person who's grown up in this country and now is trying to reaffirm his Malawianness yeah. is that my role now is to be a curator for that next generation to be like, yo, if I ain't got it, I ain't got it. But I'm gonna give you tools
2: yeah. that I know that I you can use I was about fried. to say that. Yeah. So you can pay oh. you can pay black tax in a different way. Yeah. Mm. I think where it was probably in a monetary value back in the day, mm. I think we're being more, you know, we're understanding economics and we're understanding opportunities, yeah. we're understanding education and things that we need to invest in. So instead of say, I don't know, sending X yeah. amount to my cousin back in Zim, yeah. you know. Send them, I don't know, like, information well, this, or kind of, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. skill, help them
0: develop skills to kind of, yeah. We were saying that earlier, weren't we? We were saying that we'd rather give 10 grand for an idea than 10 grand to for, spend. To spend. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. th- it's worth, it's, worth yeah. its weight in gold in that sense. But, um, yeah, I think going forward as, you know, as we look forward to becoming fathers and things like that and becoming our own curators for our for our own culture and stuff like that. It'd be really interesting to see how we broach then that, that second generation and what <laughs> our children then think of us as yeah. well, you know. Um,
2: My biggest fear is just losing the language, like, like mm. you said, I think. It's, I do fear losing uh, the
0: identity, I really, yeah. really do. But
2: yeah.
0: I'm glad we have that fear yeah. because that fear will mean that it will keep you in check. It will yeah. make sure that you're always touching base and all that kind of stuff. And also, if we have that fear between us as friends, it means that we'll keep each other honest. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I think my parents were like that. Yeah, what a max. <laughs> my mom's
0: not having that. Do you know
2: what I
1: mean? So my question to you guys, obviously, I feel like we're talking more a lot of our episodes we talk about the past and how we would have liked to talk into those, you know, those opportunities. So this time I want to talk into our futures. Yeah. So as as future first, as first generation future fathers, yeah, what is the one thing that you would want to teach your children? About your
0: culture. Oh my. That's a good one.
2: Um what, what what would you teach them? I think the what I
1: do love about mostly about Malawi is that we're a peaceful people yeah. who understand that we have power, but our power is in our neighbor. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: And it's for the reason I say that is that. Um, I think it was 18 months ago we had a an election and it was corrupted. And in African countries, when an election is corrupted, it's final. <laughs> it's, ele- it's a good election. It's yeah. a good yeah. election. It's a good to be honest. <laughs> but what happened in Malawi is that they took it to the High Court and the High Court listened, listened to the people.
2: Yeah.
1: And then Damn. in such a volatile situation, you'd think there'd be violence,
2: not a there single piece basically. of violence. Yeah.
1: So that is what I want to instill in my children, that when you look at yourselves as, I know my kids are gonna have three or four identities because one, I'm gonna move out of the UK because I think it's also an onus on my parents. If they moved over here, Mm. I have the onus now to take myself as someone who has been solidified in this society somewhere else and thrive there, because I have the tools. Yeah, Because this is not, it's like, as first generations, this is our second generation yeah, as yeah. innovators, as people yeah, who go yeah. around the world. So why should we limit ourselves to just the UK now? Yeah. So that's for me to say to my kids in the future, be mobile, but yeah. be peaceful and understand that your neighbour is everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I'd, I'd echo that as well. So, one thing I'd say is community. Um, yeah, I was I gonna think say that, that, yeah. Growing up, I uh, trying to find my own feet and trying to be American, trying to be Jamaican, <laughs> and trying to be Kenyan or whatever I could, apart from Rwandan when I was a very young age. And now I am the proudest random man on earth. Is that sense of community? Is that time that I burned trying to understand who I was? I didn't build a good enough foundation with all my Rwandese you know, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so, you know, I got family in America, I've got family in Scotland, I've got family in Australia. The spread across the planet and I've just not spent enough time with them. So for me, I think what I will instill is community, because when Rwandan people are together, we we eat, we sing, we dance, yeah, we skank, amazing, there is, it? is, there is it, nothing it is. like it on this earth, <laughs> and I, I wanna keep that, and so then, you know, I call myself Switzerland within my family, in, in the sense of no matter what you know family issues may be happening and whatever else, I am the place everybody goes to to yeah. be wow. neutral and yeah. to have wow. a good time. Yeah. So, you know, I've committed, I've said, you know, uh, the property that I'm looking to buy, Every New Year's, everybody will get an invitation and we will have a New Year's party at my house wow. till the day I pass Social away. Wow. No, joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that vaccine, I'll put two vaccines in people's eyes. Um, but that's what I mean by like that sense of I, I, I want that community so much for me and my children that I'm willing to just say that, you know, it is here. I am, you know, Switzerland. I'm the neutral zone. Mm. Whatever is happening, yeah. you can come to me and we can have a, an incredible time and then go forth.
2: Yeah, do you know, I'd echo that. Community, was, I was going to say that. I, I think even though we're talking about the black tax aspects of things, I actually think that's one of the things that makes me proud to be a Zimbabwean, that yeah. when someone needs a helping hand, you're, you know, you're ready to, to to give that. Do you know what I mean? I think you can't underestimate the power in doing that. Yeah. And a helping hand doesn't always mean financially. Do you know what I mean? It can yes. mean loads of different things. I think that's slightly where we maybe we need to adjust them a, Maneuver around that, but yeah. do you know what I mean? That sense of community, I definitely say that's, you know, that's, um, yeah, as a first generation immigrant, that's something that I'd want to instill within my kids. 100%.
0: I love that, man. And that's a perfect way to finish that off. So yeah. thank you for listening. Um, we have been, uh, why didn't you tell me? And We just wanna say a quick thank you to our sponsors, uh, Northern Monk, who've allowed us to put this podcast together today. Um, And thank you for listening. Please like, rate, subscribe, share, tell everybody about it. Um, But without further ado, I have been Thierry. I've been Felix. And I've been Tanashi. And we've been Why Don't You Tell Me. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. To keep up to date with everything that we're doing, please check out our YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram at Why Don't You Tell Me. And if you've got any questions for the pod, please send them to hello at whydinytellme.co.uk. Just want to make a big shout out as well to our sponsors, Northern Monk, who have helped us put this podcast together. And once again, thank you for listening.